This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Here we go, Hour 3 on a great day for talk radio. Uh, Wednesdays, always interesting, intriguing, and so on and so forth. And uh, with our friends in the house on this particular afternoon, Buzz Hargrove, the former national president of the Canadian Auto Workers, now a distinguished visiting prof at Ryerson University's Ted Rogers School of Management. Buzz, how are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Good, Good to, to have you. you in. Thanks for coming in on this Wednesday. And Catherine Swift is back with us, the former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business and currently the spokesperson for Working Canadians. Catherine, that would be all of us. We're working kind of, sort of, aren't we? Darn right. Okay. Working hard or hardly working, so all right. something like that. Oh, but by, <laughs> by the way, i got to ask, because, uh, you know, for those who uh, can't work uh, or whatever their situation or circumstance is, the government here of Doug Ford has decided that they're uh, going to reform welfare. They say in the next 100 days they'll come up with a plan and cut out this pilot project in four communities, including Thunder Bay, Lindsay, Hamilton, and Brantford, that uh, gave a basic income to a single person. About 4,000 people qualified. A single would get about 17000 annually, just for drawing breath, and a couple would get 24000 and change. But the question is whether or not this was an effective pilot or it was a disincentive to work. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, philosophical or ideological that the Tories are discontinuing it. Our panel last hour was saying, hey, let a pilot project run its course before you can draw conclusions. What do you make of it all? Well, first of all, there's been a lot of these pilots around the world of, of basic annual income, you know, the guaranteed annual income, whatever you want to call it. And that they've, they've really uh, not been a success uh, overall. Um, for a whole bunch of different reasons. They just cancelled one over in, I think it was Denmark, just in the last week or so. They found that, uh, strangely enough, if you pay people not to work, people chose not to work. (laughs) Shocking, shocking finding that that is. Uh, Certainly, I had heard preliminary results out of the Ontario one was that it was really, really good for that failure-to-launch generation living in their parents' basement. They were making out like bandits. Suddenly, they had money on their hands. Well, you know, the 30-somethings, and Mm. I mean, I I know quite a few of them myself. They they definitely do exist out there. Yes, there was a movie called that because it was basically the inability for these, mostly Mm. young men, not exclusively, but mostly, to sort of get you know, on their way. Um, so I, I don't know that, I, I think the real question is, is what are they going to replace it with? Because even the social policy experts had said the whole uh, welfare slash, you know, guaranteed income pilot, all of all of these so-called anti-poverty measures were spending lots and lots of money with dubious, if any, outcomes. So-called poverty numbers were increasing despite more and more spending. And measurement, what, what is always the problem with these things is they don't get properly measured. I'd love to see one that was actually measured to see what the outcome was. Don't just keep throwing money at it so that you can have some results. I, I, I don't believe that you shouldn't have programs like this, but to just throw money, not measure it, not decide, are you actually helping people? Are you just encouraging people to stay on the dole uh, and, and, and repeatedly? Because this is one of the problems with welfare in Ontario is mm-hmm. that people just keep going back, 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 back on welfare. Clearly, there's something wrong there if it can't help people to, you know, the hand up, not the hand out kind of thing. All right, and so... Uh you know, I know the argument would be, while well, it was a pilot project and it wasn't allowed to run its course three years in the offing because the Ford government squelched that. Now they're going to reform the whole welfare system, they say. 
Buzz, do you think there's a, a problem with their approach to things? Yes, I do. I, uh, what really disturbs me, and uh, I, I said, I think, on our last show I was in a couple of weeks ago, that I believe in giving a, a new government a chance, including Doug Ford. Uh, but this shows that this whole argument during the election that I'm for the little guy, we're fighting for the little guy, there's nobody littler than these people uh, on welfare. 70% of people on welfare are disabled. Uh, and so they, ha- they first they cut the increase that the liberals had uh, committed to people and took away uh, people's hope for that. And then they, they ended these programs. Now, I have to say, as I've said on your show, John, I've never been a fan of these uh, income, uh, guaranteed annual income uh, programs. And this is the, the reason why. Because as soon as you have a change in government, all they do is just pull the rugs out from under it. Where if you were to have... Uh, uh, social housing, for example, if you provide housing for people, there's no government going to walk in and say to some person who can't afford uh, to live somewhere else, we're going to take your house away from you. Uh, they just can't do that. But this program here can disappear. These people disappear into a lot of, uh, of uh, statistics. And as Catherine said, we never hear any more about it. We don't have any idea how to gauge what uh, would have been or could have been in these programs. But I, I, I don't like the program, but I sure don't like the way they handle this. All right. Well, if they're saying within the next 100 days, they'll come up with a plan to replace it, uh, we'll take them at their word or as an article of faith. Uh, do you see it then maybe something like Workfare 2.0, you know, when Mike Harris brought in Workfare, you're going to sort of have to work, the, you know, to get uh, whatever you draw from the government. I mean, does that make more sense, Catherine? Um, well, it, it might under certain circumstances. This is a pretty complicated area, and, and I think we do have to wait and see. 100 days isn't a terribly long time. Um, and I, I think the disabled issue, Buzz, has to be a separate issue than the welfare issue. I mean, it's it's a, you know, that's a whole, if you can work, that's one thing. The disability thing, again, I think that's another whole area that needs a separate treatment, as does the social housing. And we know social housing in this province is a fiasco, just a fiasco. We've got gang, gangs running social housing in Toronto, uh, you know, tons of units unusable because they're in such horrible disrepair and so on and so on. This whole area is such a great big mess. I mean, I, I guess we live in hope, but, but I would love to see a government actually tackle all of the requisite parts of it and try to integrate them and then measure the outcomes. Because no question, you need a sensible policy here. We got a mess of a patchwork quilt. Like I say, even the social policy experts are saying it's a mess. It's been a mess for a long time. It needs fixing badly. Will this be the fix? I guess we'll have to wait 100 days. Yeah, I mean, Buzz, when you're saying that they would cast adrift those who are disabled, that sounds to me like that's uh, toxic politically. I can't see anybody in their right minds doing that. Well, they're doing it. They've well, already announced that instead of the 3% of the Liberals promised right, that they did increase, which would have applied to the uh, all those people on welfare, 70% who were disabled. They've now cut that to 1.5. There's no way to make, uh, you know, to put lipstick on the pig on that. That's well, within the next 100 exactly, days, do you, do you think that they might remediate the situation? No, I, do, I don't have any confidence at all, John. I, I never thought I would see this. I never thought I would see this kind of early attack uh, on, on, on the most uh, vulnerable uh, in our society. I really thought Doug Ford would try to do things differently than typical uh, Mike Harris kind of uh of way of doing things, but it's pretty clear it's not that's not in the cards. No, I don't think we can judge yet. I think we have to wait. Well, you know the other thing. Look, in general terms, we we had a ruckus in the legislature yesterday, and uh, there was a back and forth over something that either was said or wasn't said. Gilles Bisson was on with us earlier, and he denied that he even uh, had maligned somebody's accent from the conservative benches. Uh, notwithstanding all that, he says it was quieter d- today, and the reason for that is 
Doug Ford wasn't in the legislature. Do you think he's too chaotic and disruptive, Buzz? No, no, I I, I don't know that much about uh, his actions in the House. I, I'm like Catherine on that one. You can't judge him by one day's actions or yesterday's and say he's too disruptive, therefore he shouldn't be uh, he shouldn't be uh, a premier. So I, I'm all for giving him a, a, a shot at it. But today, it had really nothing to do with whether Doug was there or not. The, the conservatives decided if we want to get our agenda through, we're going to have to answer questions from the opposition. And if you don't, you simply play into the hands of opposition by not answering and not getting anything done. Well, the other thing, they've also launched a, a Twitter news outlet called Ontario News Now, and according to the Globe and Mail anyway, they see this as a sign that Doug Ford uh, has an inferiority complex of sorts. He won't take questions from the legacy media. It just seems to me like he's going over their heads or around them. Uh, he may be preaching to the converted or his base or whatever the case may be. Is this anything to fuss over, Catherine? I, I don't know why they're doing it, to be honest with you. I, I think there's an, in this age of social media, there's enough channels you can get your word out in myriad of ways uh, and very, very effectively, uh, even not using, you know, legacy, whatever you want to call it, media. Um, that being said, I, I, fe- I think it's foolish for anyone, to any politician, uh, to ignore or try to bypass regular media. Uh, I think it can, I, I, there's an awful lot of media, there's no question, that have a certain axe to grind or a certain perspective uh, that maybe a Ford thinks doesn't agree with his. But that being said, uh, I think a, a savvy spokesperson knows how to deal with media of all kinds, and maybe he should work on that instead of worrying about having some vanity channel or you know whatever the heck you want to call it. Right. Uh, I, I just I think it's going to be an object of ridicule, not anything that's particularly helpful. And I don't know why duplicate it. You've got you've got Twitter accounts, you got Facebook, you've got you know you got all these. Well, social you get media. to control the message. You, you can you can do yourself. But but I, I just don't see why you need this. And the question of who's paying for it, I think, is a very relevant one. Are these tax dollars going toward it because they shouldn't be well all right but let's even assume that they are doesn't everybody do that anyway you see that the pamphleteers that come out uh during these municipal municipal elections or during the run of the mandate all these people uh, are incumbents and it's just you know basically vanity projects touting how much they're doing for their constituents and look kathleen Wynne was doing the same as well You'd have TV ads, Buzz, that would be touting how much they had made progress on this, that, and the other file, or, you know, the carbon tax or the cap-and-trade thing was doing this, and that's all that is, too, with taxpayers' money, isn't it? It's just basically Well, if, if you were doing this and, and not doing it exclusively, if you were still doing the normal thing, meeting with the media, having uh, press conferences and being available, uh, then it would be one thing. I would agree with you, but uh, I watched during the campaign, Doug uh, Doug Ford's uh, uh, people around him, they planned this. They planned not to meet the media, only to let the media grab one or two questions at a time and make sure he didn't uh, face uh, the people of the province of Ontario. And it worked. So now uh, you can't blame them for saying, hey, this worked during the campaign. Why wouldn't it continue to work? Well, I, th- I think, though, frankly, I, I preferred the days in Ontario where the Auditor General actually could veto certain spending if it was deemed to be partisan versus informational by a government. Remember, Wynne got rid of that. Yeah, Remember, she got she, rid of she it. took that yep. power away. Mm-hmm. And and uh, because I think a pox on all their houses, I think it's awful the amount of money that politicians spend, tax dollars that could be usefully spent for good purposes, like helping, uh, you know, uh, lower income people or whatever. Instead, it goes on advertising to get them reelected. Yes, they all do it. 
And I would just like to see tighter constraints in the whole shooting match myself. Well, what did you make then of him cutting counsel? That's another question. I uh, wanted to lay that on you here when we come back, because that's been a real firestorm since Thursday, Friday, when it was announced. And uh, <laughs> although today, I guess yesterday, when they had their kerfuffle in the legislature, the NDP were accusing Ford of changing the channel or the conservatives by uh, creating a fuss over something that either was said or wasn't said. But let me ask uh, Buzz Hargrove and Catherine Swift about that and a whole lot more. The Liberals backing down on carbon pricing. They put some water in their wine earlier today. Whether or not uh, that just signals that they know they've really tried to sell Canadians a pig and a poke and they ain't buying. We'll get to that and more, as I say, in moments on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.